Hello, and welcome back to the Keep Growing Podcast. My name is Emmeline. So today, I'm going to be sharing with you guys my infertility story. Um, so I guess I'll just start at the very beginning. I feel like I'm now I'm going to get the sound of music song stuck in my head. Um, so my husband and I have always known each other. We actually grew up in the same church since we were like still in our mommy's bellies like that's how long we've been in each other's lives um so we went through like vbs children's church sunday school all those things together and when we were around age four connor has his first memory of me um we were both super shy everyone was off playing but him and i were sitting in different pew rows he looked at me and waved and then i looked at him and looked away because i was too shy to say anything clearly it was true love so we started quote-unquote flirting in eighth grade and that's also when we started like texting each other um also we went to different schools and we lived an hour away from each other so we would only see each other once a week on Sundays I always thought like this kid's got like tons of girlfriends like he's probably done bad things like I had never had a boyfriend before and I was like, he he would never be into me. And I'm like, again, just thinking like, even if we ever did date, like I'm sure like he would just end up breaking up with me like in a week. And because I really didn't know him like outside of church much. And I, like I said, had never dated anyone. Um, but funny enough, when we started talking, I remember like, you know, when you were younger, you'd like always ask like questions like, so have you ever like held hands with a girl? Like, have you ever kissed a boy, kissed a girl, whatever? And I remember him always being like, no, I haven't done that. haven't done that. haven't done that. And I was like, what the heck? Like, and then he said he'd never even had a girlfriend. And I was like, just shocked. I was in complete shock. I was like, there is no way. But it was true. He was also a good boy, just in a bad boy exterior, I guess. <laughs> so... We officially started dating at 15 and 16, and we've been together ever since. Um, Eight and a half years later from when we first started dating, he finally proposed, and I will say God loves to test me with patience and timing. Um, So, and I'm sure those of you who've been in a long relationship and had to wait a really long time to get engaged, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um... So throughout our engagement, uh, we definitely got tested a lot and the life plans we had completely shattered before our eyes. But again, we kept trusting God. And I feel like all of those little battles that we went through were kind of like preparing us for the battles of marriage. And I will say this, I feel like the engagement period is very hard. I know a lot of couples, like that's when they fight the most, struggle the most, Connor and I's relationship was actually really great during that time, but like other people were coming into our relationship and like attacking us, being really like vicious to me. And it was like really, really intense and like really, really hard. But again, we got through it. We made it to our wedding day. And our wedding day, oh my goodness, it was literally like cinderella storybook it was perfect everything was so beautiful we got married in long beach island which is where i always spent the summers my grandparents 
um, bought a house there in 1952, I believe. So it's been in the family since then. And my grandparents have since passed away. So they weren't at our wedding, but it felt like they were there because we were just, you know, where we grew up. It was amazing. Like nothing went wrong. I just felt like we got to experience everything. Everyone always says like on their wedding day that they didn't get to eat. They didn't get to dance. All they did was like go around to tables and talk to people. They didn't get to like hang out with their friends. And like Connor and I, it was so opposite of that. Um, Part of the reason, this is like a side note, we, um, for cocktail hour, Connor and I decided a lot of like couples take their pictures during cocktail hour. We actually did a first look, which we were both very against because we wanted to see each other for the first time going down the aisle. But we heard a lot of people saying, just do it because you're going to have so much more time to enjoy your wedding. And oh my goodness, it was the best decision we ever made. So if you're like about to be getting married, just I would so recommend do the pictures before. So cocktail hour, we were able to like, separate and just talk to everybody that was there and then as soon as like we got to the reception it was like go time for Connor and I we were just together the entire night we were dancing we got brought like multiple plates of food like it was amazing oh my gosh um I could talk about the wedding all day long and maybe I will do a whole episode on that if you guys want but Anyway, we then got to our honeymoon and we had always had people joke with us that like on our honeymoon, we were going to get pregnant because Connor and I had always talked about wanting to be young parents in high school. Literally, we talked about this, how we wanted to instantly get pregnant and have like a bunch of kids and like all this stuff. So I was so excited and I was like, I'm so ready to be a mom. Like I just knew that was my calling in life was to be a wife and to be a mom. And I just have always had like very strong maternal instincts and I've always been really good with kids. Like I can always get them to stop crying. Like I just, I feel like that is my calling. And as I'm sure a lot of you guys, you know, have the same exact experiences too and feel that way. Um, so a month went by And I remember just being so nervous to take that first pregnancy test, being like, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to be pregnant because, you know, everyone makes getting pregnant seem so easy. Um, And it wasn't. And I remember like feeling very devastated, but I was like, it's okay. You know, it's just the first month. Like it's going to happen next month. Next month comes by nothing. Month after that, month after that, month after that, nothing. And at this point, I'm just like, maybe we're doing something wrong. Like, maybe like I should be taking different vitamins like I don't know is there like something you can be taking to like increase your sperm like I don't know and I remember at this point um I was at a friend's bachelorette party and one of my friends came to me and like I just knew she was gonna tell me she was pregnant I don't know why but I did and she told me she was pregnant and I remember thinking to myself like I was pregnant too I don't know why, but like it just was in me and I was like, oh my gosh, she's pregnant. Like, so am I. Like, I know next week I'm going to take the test and it's going to come back pregnant and then we're going to be like pregnant together. It's going to be so cool. And I was convinced that month I was pregnant. I had so many signs and symptoms of it and I wasn't. My period actually was like late that month. And so again, I thought, this is it. I'm pregnant. 
And it was really devastating to find out that I wasn't. And then more and more people kept um, announcing that they were pregnant. There was 11 people to be exact. And this was so hard. I even was dealing with um, a friend who came to me telling me that she accidentally got pregnant but didn't want to be pregnant and didn't know if she wanted to keep the baby. And I was completely beside myself at that point. I remember trying to remain strong for her because it's just so not... I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Like It was just so hard. I was trying to stay strong for her. And I just remember thinking the whole time, like, God, why would you give somebody a baby who doesn't even want a baby when here I am, like, so ready to be a mom and you are not giving this to me? I remember leaving her um, house and just, like, hyperventilating. Like, I couldn't breathe. I felt so sick to my stomach. I was crying uncontrollably. And it was just one of the hardest things to deal with. So now we are just, I mean, it's not, it's not three years quite yet, but we're like a few months from it being three years of trying. Um, and, you know, those friends that were pregnant when I first thought I was are now pregnant with their second child or already have their second child. Uh, my sister just had her third baby and here I am still not pregnant. Um, I do want to just add this in here quickly. I actually found out in September that I was pregnant and it was so exciting to me because I thought this whole journey was behind me, but I ended up miscarrying the baby and I have an entire episode on the miscarriage and I go into detail on it there. So um, after you listen to this one, definitely go check up on that one so you can kind of see where everything is at now. Um, but that is where I am. So I do want to add in this here um, as well that my husband and I have both gotten tested for everything. Everything comes back normal. The only thing on my end is that probably like seven years ago at this point, I got tested positive for um, an autoimmune disease, which turned out to be rheumatoid arthritis. Um, my doctor always assured me like it would have nothing to like uh, to affect my fertility. But um, after going with that doctor for a while and her just always telling me like, you're going to come in next month and you're going to be pregnant and like everything's going to be fine. Like there's nothing we can do. Um, after just being so over that, I started to do my own research, reading tons of books, um, reading a lot of stuff on the internet, listening to podcasts, and I found that inflammation is one of the top causes for women dealing with unexplained infertility. And inflammation is a huge, huge factor in rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so I actually ended up finding a diet that goes along with um, the inflammation. Before I mention get into the diet, because that is actually how I got pregnant, um, I just also want to mention that my husband and I did try um, three rounds of letrozole. We tried like every special vitamin, read every fertility book, tried all of those crazy tips, but none of that worked for us. We tried pre-seed, like we tried everything 
and nothing worked for us. So I've always been very into like natural medicine. And so I, that's when I was like, I need to just like tune into that part of me that loves natural medicine and just do my own research. So I found this diet called the AIP, which is the autoimmune protocol diet. And basically um, you remove like tons and tons of foods from your body um, or your diet rather. And you guys can look up the diet. It's very hard to like go into detail on it because it's a lot. But um, between that and like really focusing on like removing all dairy and gluten, which that does include in that diet. Um, I was listening to a podcast, which is called called Finding Fertility. It's on here. You guys should definitely listen to it. She was saying, if you do like this diet, you will be pregnant within like 60 or 30 to 60 days or 30 to 90 days. Like if like inflammation or like gut health is your problem. And so I was like, that seems like too good to be true, but like I'll try it. And then she was like, if that doesn't work, then you most likely have leaky gut. And again, this is for women who are dealing with unexplained infertility, not women who do have a medical diagnosis. Um, it could help you if you have a medical diagnosis. I'm not sure. Because um, I know some um, things that women can be diagnosed with do still have to do with inflammation. So you you could probably try it. Um, and I do want to say diet has a huge, huge role in infertility. And you should definitely look into it a lot more. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But um, so I tried the AIP diet. And I was like, really just not sure what to expect from it. I wasn't doing it like thinking I was going to get pregnant because it had been two and a half years at this point. And I was like, it's probably not going to work for me, but like, we'll just try it and like, see what happens. 40 days from starting the diet is when I got pregnant. And I had never like gotten pregnant before, had a miscarriage, like nothing. So this was my first and only pregnancy and it 1000% could be an absolute dink that I got pregnant the same time I did this diet. Like, I fully understand that. But I just like truly feel in me that it was that diet. But again, like I said, I'm not going to like convince myself or you guys that, that it was a diet because it could have not been. Could have just been some weird fluke like that happened. God just wanted me to be pregnant this time and just made it happen. I could have been eating McDonald's all month and still like gotten pregnant. I don't know, but it just seems so weird that, you know, I do this diet and in the time frame she was saying you would get pregnant and like I ended up getting pregnant. Um, so what I want to say with that diet is it is extremely restrictive, extremely hard to follow and you will get really cranky most likely, likely from it and just get really irritated because that's how I was. Um, and it is really not a like sustainable diet, especially for someone like me who doesn't eat meat. Um, it was really, really hard because I couldn't fill up on like pasta and stuff like that. So I just felt like I was always starving and I had like nothing to eat. Um, and I, I want to say that because I think a lot of people are probably like, well, if you feel like that diet got you pregnant, like why don't you just go on it again and get pregnant? The issue is that in order, I believe, in order for me to stay pregnant, I have to stay on that diet because I ended up 
kind of falling off of the diet before I knew I was pregnant. And I don't think that is why I miscarried, but I think like it definitely could have had something to do with it. Like it could have just rebuilt the inflammation in my body and it might have just added to whatever naturally was happening in my body. And maybe that's what resulted in the miscarriage again. I'm not blaming myself for the miscarriage by like getting off of the diet by any means, but I do believe that like going forward, if I go on a diet to get pregnant, I need to stay on that until I have the baby. So what I'm currently doing is I'm trying to find a diet that works for me, um, eliminates, you know, the triggers for my body, the inflammation for my body, but I'm able to get pregnant from. So I actually did this full body scan, um, which I can leave some more information about that in the like info box on this podcast episode. Um, and it came back literally just telling me my body's in complete chronic stress. Like all of my like immune system is down, my endocrine system, my uh, locomotor, locomotive, I don't know what it is. Basically like all of my systems are just in stress. And um, it came back telling me like the foods that I can't eat. It was like coconut milk, any type of dairy. Um, Gluten didn't come back. So I'm eating a little bit of gluten here and there, but I I really feel like I should probably just completely cut it out because if even if your body doesn't come back saying that you have a sensitivity to gluten, um, pretty much everyone does have some sort of a sensitivity to gluten. And I want to just address this too. It's not necessarily like the bread that people are or like the wheat that people can't eat. It's the pesticides and all of the chemicals that are put into it is what is affecting people. Um, so like if you go to Italy where things are not like um, sprayed with pesticides, like you can eat the um, dairy or the gluten there. Um, I actually have a friend who is highly allergic to gluten, but when she goes to different countries who don't spray um, with pesticides, she's able to eat gluten and have zero reaction. So that's really the issue with the United States is they spray everything with chemicals, even fruit, and it's causing all of us to really suffer from it. Um, So it's definitely something for you guys to like look into if you haven't looked into it yet. Um, It also came back with chocolate, which I'm very upset about. It came back with pickles, which I'm very upset about. Um, also came back with garlic, um, ketchup, like mayo, like very random things, but nothing like super significant. Like I feel like I still have a good amount of foods I can eat. Um, and then it came back with like some things I was deficient in. So with that new information that I have, I have currently taken off from work now. It's probably been a month, um, from all social media except for TikTok. I've made like a new TikTok account kind of where I'm just like posting um, me like getting healthy. Um, And I'm on a new journey now to just get my body healthy. I'm not worrying about getting pregnant anymore. Um, I'm not worrying about anything else, but getting my body to a hundred percent and just, I want to feel good. I don't want to feel like sluggish anymore. I don't want to feel sick. I just want to feel healthy and I want to be able to make healthy food choices. And I think a lot of us like have our own 
version of what we think is healthy. But I think if you do a lot of research, you'll realize like the version of healthy that you think is, is really, is not. I don't know if I just made sense or just rambled onto something completely off. But I always felt like I was very healthy. And then reading lots of different books, I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm not healthy. Um, The two books I would recommend are Grain Brain and Brain Maker. Brain Maker is like an absolute must read. Um, Talks all about gut health. If you guys don't know, because I had no idea about this until like a year ago, gut health can 1000% affect your fertility and it affects so many things in your body. Gut health is also responsible for anxiety and depression. Um, they even like showed in the book that it's not due to like a chemical imbalance in the brain. It's actually due to um, your gut health, which is just so crazy. Um, and you'll see like how big of a role your gut plays into your entire system. Um, also, I want to throw out there too, like if you are using like candles, especially like anything from Bath and Body Works, body washes from anywhere, perfumes from anywhere, lotions, makeup, like all that kind of stuff are endocrine disruptors and they will be able to harm your fertility. Um, And again, it's like these crazy chemicals that they put into things. When you are going to buy like fragrances, make sure that it doesn't just like say um like perfume or like fragrance because they're legally allowed to put like chemicals and like there's so many different things they're allowed to put under the word fragrance but they can just label it as fragrance rather than being like horrible chemicals um the same thing with foods if it says like um natural flavors it's like the same exact thing as fragrance. They can just list, they can have all these like really bad additives in it, but it's just listed under natural flavors. So you don't know and you think like, oh, natural flavors. Like in my mind, I think natural flavors mean like they just squeezed like a blueberry, you know, in here and it gave it a blueberry flavor, but really it's like, you know, all this fake stuff. So I definitely would recommend just reading those two books and also just doing your own research on like the food in, if you live in America, especially America, the products that you use, there's an app called, um, I believe it's called Get Dirty or Think Dirty. Um, and you can scan like any beauty product onto it and it will tell you um, its rating. A lot of things that are labeled as like natural are actually really, really horrible. Um, there's another app called food, you and it's the same exact thing. You can scan like food in and it will tell you like the bad ingredients on it. Um, I know the think dirty app actually will tell you like what it will do to your body. And a lot of things will say like affects fertility, affects the endocrine system. Um, we even got like our water tested and our water says that it has, um, things in it that cause cancer, things in it that cause um, fertility problems. It is just really, really scary. Like you cannot trust anything that you put into your body nowadays. Um, I don't say this to like scare you guys or to like send you into like a spiral where you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot eat anything because 
I'm not going to lie. When I first found out all of this stuff, and I'm not an expert, so if I said anything wrong, I'm very sorry. Um, but when I first found out all of these things, I was like, I literally cannot eat anything. Like, I can't even eat lettuce because it's sprayed with pesticides and like all this stuff. But there are ways to work around things. You can get organic food. Um, still be careful with organic because, again, sometimes the regulations aren't really there. Um, if you have like um, like farm shares, we have those in our area where local farmers who do not use any sort of pesticides um, grow like tons of fruits and veggies and you can get like a box each month of like all of this stuff. Um, so there's definitely lots of ways around it. Um, I'm sorry I just went on this huge rant about food, but I really feel like for me, that's where I'm at with my fertility journey is just like trying to heal my body through food. Um, I also have felt God tell me that I'm going to get pregnant naturally and I just like, I just need to heal myself. And it's something I've felt my entire journey. So I'm really sticking to that. Um, and I also want to say too, like if you decide to do IUIs, IVF, um, fertility medications, like it doesn't make you any less than. I think with the world of like fertility, pregnancy, people love to put other people down the same way that like when women um, have babies, um, it's always like this huge kind of debate between like, oh, well, I had a natural birth. And then people are like, well, what do you want? A trophy for that? Like, good for you. But again, it doesn't make them bragging because they had a natural birth. And the same with women who get an epidural or have to have a C-section. It doesn't make them any less of a woman. And everyone has their own story. All births are going to be like painful. And you're also going to be so, not necessarily painful, but like you're going to go through a lot through your birth. And I think everyone's story is so beautiful and so unique. And the reason why I'm saying this is because anytime I kind of talk about fertility and I say I want to go the natural way, people like start to judge me and like, you know, say that I shouldn't try it this way or like they think I'm judging them for going a medical way and I'm absolutely not. I, like I said, tried letrozole for three rounds and it didn't work for me and I know personally my from my experience from it like it gave me really really bad side effects and it's not another route that I want to go down right now I am a thousand percent open to in the future trying IUI or IVF if it doesn't um work for us right now I'm never gonna like close those doors but for me personally right now I just don't feel like that's a path I can mentally handle or physically handle. I just think that I have this duty to my body to heal it itself, especially because I know it is not doing well. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of just where I'm coming from. I always get so nervous with like just being open and honest about my journey and feelings because I I know people are very judgmental with things and I know not everyone is, but I know like anything I say can be taken out of context and like completely turned around. I'm kind of scarred because I have been doing YouTube for probably like nine years 
And I just know like anything I say will get turned and twisted and just not um, made to like what my intention was. But I think you guys know where I'm coming from on everything. Um, But if you guys ever want to talk about your fertility journey, feel free to message me on Instagram um, at Emmeline Mead. I love doing like voice memos back and forth. I'm not really great at like explaining things through texting so I love voice memos and I feel like it's so much more personal to like hear each other's voices and I don't know I just love I love connecting with people so if you ever want to talk about anything you guys can reach out to me there if you guys have any advice for me with like food and stuff like that or if you have any like crazy discoveries um definitely send them my way because I'm so into this kind of stuff as you can tell um but I hope you guys are all having an amazing, amazing day and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.